Hey, what's up everyone? This is Dr. Anur Singh. I'm a physical therapist, yoga teacher, and movement practitioner. And you are listening to Movement with Noor. On today's podcast, we have Alex Beasley. Alex Beasley is a freestyle dancer, health and life coach, member of ROC, and Crazy Natives crew. He's somebody that I've gotten the chance to learn so much when it comes to the style of house dancing and somebody I admire a lot in the practice. He himself learned from Bravo, La Fortune, and James Cricket Coulter, those who are very experienced in the craft of house. He's also the winner of Kings of New York 2019 in house category. He currently teaches at Motion Collective on the ad. He has a Monday class that I attend and I've learned so much from him. What is house? Well, house music started in the 70s with its roots tied heavily to disco and its energy being more predominantly an inclusive atmosphere that catered to at first gay black people and instead uh, started opening up for many, many people to find cathartic, expressive experiences. It's one of my favorite dance styles and I am so excited to bring to you today, Alex Beasley. Alex, I'm super pumped. I'm so happy to have you here. This is the beginning of like a lot of great things, like coming back to the podcast, getting the chance to bring you on. You're somebody right when I met, I felt very inspired to bring on to the podcast, enough to restart it. And uh, yeah, man, uh, uh, just a little bit about like how we met. I just want to tell everybody is uh, when I got the chance to meet you, we were at Motion Collective, uh, which is just like this studio space that harbors so many different artists. And while we were all introducing ourselves as teachers, you mentioned that you danced house and you were a house dance instructor. And right away my head turned and I was like, and I think I said this to you right in that moment, I said, you're the person I've been waiting to meet. (laughs) And so uh, it's been beautiful getting to learn so much from you about dancing. And uh, yeah, why don't you just go ahead and like share a little bit about um, yourself as well as like what's brought you to dance. Yeah, for sure. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me here. I'm really excited to be here. And uh, also, like, before, like, I knew about you before we met, meaning that I was looking at, you know, all the teachers of the Motion Collective when I, because I just uh, joined the collective at the time, and I saw what you were doing, and I was like, yo, I feel like, I feel like we really could connect together and, like, exchange a lot and it'd be a great thing and so when I met you like it just confirmed that yeah it happened that, so yeah. fast it literally and was easily that. as well too like nothing was really forced so that's really cool yeah I remember that day I called you like we got each other's numbers or something or like I just called you and I was like tell me the whole story of how you got into dance because I was just so excited mm-hmm. um what why don't you go ahead and just like Maybe break down a little bit about, so uh, you dance house, you teach house yes. uh, or freestyle dancing. And uh, I, when I get to watch you dance, feel in awe, inspired. And uh, yeah, just like take me through what it was like for you to stumble upon this craft what uh, and what transpired. Yeah. Okay, so when did I start dancing house? I started dancing house when I was 16 years old. But I had been dancing for a long time already because I started dancing when I was eight. So I started dancing uh, in a little dance school from my town and it was mostly choreographic dancing. And so it was hip hop, locking, popping, breaking, like all the basic urban styles, right? And so that's where I got my bases. And then when I you know, when I got in my teenage years, uh, at some point I wasn't so interested anymore in just following choreography and I just wanted to do my, my thing. I, that, that, that's something about me. I don't really like to do what people tell me to do. I like to do what I want. So, uh, this is all in France. Yeah. This is all in France at the time, uh, in the Southwest of France, Biarritz for those who might know about France a little bit. And, um, so when I was 16, I joined a crew called uh, Nesuzix. And so with them, I just started like, um, you know, getting into freestyle and just finding my own uh, my own style. And one day at, in training, uh, at the training practice, one of my friends played house music. And I, that was the first time I ever heard house music. And I was like, wow, like, what is this? And I just connected to the music so deeply. 
And ever since that day, I just like started looking on YouTube and for dancers and, you know, just trying to see, okay, what, what is house? What is, what, what is that really? And, um, so I, I remember one, like the two first dancers I've ever seen were Mamsen from France, uh, Wanted Posey and Serial Steppers. And the second guy was Ijo. And, um, so later on, when I turned 18, my father had just moved to, to uh, New York City and I had just graduated from high school. So I decided to join him in the US to learn English at the time. And so I was supposed to stay there just for one year, which ended up being much longer in the end. But there that one year I met, um, I met Bravo, my mentor, which I told you about already, but basically he really took me under uh, his wing and he started teaching me about what house culture was but much more deeply about you know the history of music the history of steps uh, the whole culture he'd be like okay meet me at that place and would go like so many places and he, he would explain to me okay here was this club <coughs> where that style evolved and those groups were meeting there and so it was just very powerful and uh, and oh, there's so much like I don't want to ramble too much because like I feel like I could talk like that for a really long time. But then eventually, you know, I was 18, so I couldn't go to the clubs yet. But when I turned, I mean, the first time I went to a club in New York, I was probably 19, and it was just a friend of mine knew the bouncer and got me in, and my mind was just like blown that's the first time i saw all these people like i got in the club and everyone was dancing there was not one soul not dancing in this club and from what i had seen in france before that was so different because like where i came from it was just like you know music is playing and people are standing around drinking alcohol but not really dancing and like it's just like maybe the few awkward people in the middle dancing and everyone watching them and there in new york at that club it was the party was called it's a feeling and i felt like the name was so like it just represented the place really well and they played everything they played hip-hop uh dancehall house it was crazy everyone was dancing the atmosphere was insane and so many dancers too not just people here to enjoy themselves and i mean actually it was a really good mix of like dancers like really dancers dancers and actual people that just want to come and party and so but it was nice to see how those people interacted because you know like sometimes non-dancer people might feel uh intimidated by people who actually like go hard on the dance floor and there wasn't the case at all like everyone was just enjoying themselves and letting loose and there was no judgment at all and I, th I thought it was really cool and so then when I was able to explore the club scene a little more I've seen that even more and more and the New York City club scene is really beautiful and full of um, creativity yeah 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 it's um, I mean there's so much you said there coming from 18 to America and getting the chance to learn under Bravo, one of the people who was like such a big voice in-house, and then also getting to see that club scene where instead of what a lot of people think about when they think of the modern day club, uh, it's what we actually want a club to be. Because the modern day club, like I, I go clubbing from time to time, and I, like luckily I have venues that like really support dance. Like I go to salsa clubs, I go to uh, like now house clubs, and these spaces, they're they're actually people there fully dancing but yeah. most of the time if you're just going to go out uh dancing there's not a way for you to actually feel that free in that atmosphere it's uh a lot of people are texting a lot of people are trying to create i don't know like the illusion of it like maybe on their instagram or snapchat or whatever um that they're like in this immersive experience but it's pretty distant like i i don't often get the chance to like feel that connected when i'm in those spaces where i can like like really talk to people or even ask somebody to dance like those conversations there there's no platform for them and uh it's just so beautiful hearing your experiences while you're in new york 
it was a true free experience, it sounds like. Um, it's what I think of when I think of house dancing. I think of freedom. Um, it reminds me a lot of uh, like some of the meditative dance styles, like ecstatic dance, yeah. um, but like a more organic fashion of it where people were just there to, to party, to yeah. let loose. Um, when you told me this story the first time, you talked about how you felt um, a little nervous to like the first time you went to the club. And like, I loved how you even demoed it. You were saying how like, you know, you're waiting in line and the, the music's pulsing and then you like pay for your ticket and stuff. And you walked in and you saw everybody was dancing and you just sat on the speaker, I think you were saying. For oh yeah, like I spent so many, like in Cielo. Cielo is the club where Funkbox used to happen. Now it's at the Chelsea Music Hall in New York. If you can go, you should go. That will be an experience that you will not forget. And but so at the time it was at Cielo, it closed because of the pandemic, maybe right, right before the pandemic. But yeah, I spent like many of the first nights that first night that I went there, I wasn't dancing. I mean, I was two stepping here and there, but like I used to just sit on the big speaker right in front of the dance floor and just watch for hours. And that was. And what'd you see? That oh, was beautiful. Like, just a lot of bodies expressing and moving like nothing, nobody's watching. Like, really, like, freedom. And not necessarily people doing anything crazy, but just, like, you can tell... You know, when you watch someone and you can tell, like, they're one with the music? Mm-hmm. Like, they're in it. Yeah. And that's what I would see. And, like, people, like, sweating and... And then like circles forming and all the dancers like jumping in the cypher and going one after the other. And sometimes like also people doing what we call stalking, which is really just dancing together. Uh, uh, like two people dancing together, going back and forth. And just it's a whole conversation going on without speaking. Uh, but yeah, I was just soaking myself in with what I was looking at, which was just people really being free to the deepest extent of it, not caring about what people might say. Because like some people just do some crazy moves, like, or doing the same move for like four hours. Mm-hmm. Like you see those those old people in the club, like, just, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just dancing. <laughs> doing the same move for four hours and yeah. they like they just enjoying themselves and like it's just a, a happy sight you know like and so you saw yeah. that felt intimidated initially mm. and then you started finding yourself like really being one of those dancers because w- when i see you dance and like even in class yesterday you know you did some demos i think every time somebody gets to see you demo they see very quickly how the term free is just the one that keeps coming to mind. Mm-hmm. Like you just, you go from like standing yeah. to fr- to freedom. And uh, mm-hmm. like, what was that journey like to go from stand- sitting on that speaker, watching other people who are just so free in their body yeah. and then learning to have that, maybe that confidence, that experience, whatever that is. Yeah. So honestly, like the club wasn't really the place where I really felt like intimidated because the club is like in an intimate space, like the, the lights are, dim- are dimmed and, and like, you know, you, everyone is doing their thing. Nobody's paying attention to you. Like you can just sit there and you could be next to someone and that person will not pay attention to you for eight hours and the next day you would walk by them. They wouldn't see who you are, even mm-hmm. though you were next to them the whole night. It's like public privacy almost. Exactly. It's like, yeah. Uh, the place where I felt really uncomfortable was the first time I went to PMT, PMT studio in New York. Um, one of my mentor cricket, uh, used to host that session, that house session in PMT, uh, every Friday night. It's still going on now. It's like, it's one of my crewmates from the crazy natives called, uh, Mariana. Uh, she still holds the session, but at the time. It was a huge room, now we changed location, but like to stay on topic. um, The first time I went in there, I walked in and it was like 35 to 40 people, dancers, practicing. And that session is like, you come in, you give $5 and the music's going on for three hours and going, everyone goes hard as fuck. 
Sorry, like yeah, yeah, we can curse here. It's cool. And so everyone goes hard as fuck. Like you go there, like people have, you know, you're gonna come out and you you're gonna be able to like, uh, how do you how do you say that? You know, you ring take, it out. Uh, yeah, you yeah, ring, ring out, out your shirt. Like yeah, oh, like, like uh, ring out your shirt from sweat. Yes. Yeah. So. I went there and I was from that little town in France and I had never seen this anything like that to that extent. I had seen like, you know, some of the guys in my crew were really good, but like... So this isn't a club. What is this? Like a, it's a class? It's a dance studio. It's a studio and people are just like It's a loose? dance studio and basically what Cricket does is like he comes, he, uh, he pays for, for the three hours and people, as I said, people come in, they give $5 and whatever comes at the end, like that's what pays for the... It's like a jam. Yeah. So like we have a DJ that comes, he plays music mm -hmm. and people come and practice. It's just a practice session. I see, I see. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a practice session. And so like there was, I came in, so you have some people dancing by themselves and then mostly in the room, the room was really big. And so it was like maybe three or four ciphers going on at the same time where, you know, all night, like for, I mean, all night, three for three hours, people just jumping in and out of the cipher. And um, yeah, man, I had never seen this thing. And I, I stood in the, like, I don't know. I felt so out of place and I stood there and I was looking around and I couldn't dance. I was so uncomfortable. I felt like, yo, like all these people are really good. And I was really not, um, I wasn't free yet. Like I couldn't just like jump in the room and and start dancing, like I was judging myself so bad. I thought I was whack and stuff. Like, mm. um, but eventually, what really broke that was Bravo. I was going to his class, and Bravo is such a character. Uh, he's crazy in the best way, and uh, he would take me places. And so. Once he, he he brought me to Central Park, we were gonna see the skaters every Sunday in the summer. There's a a spot where in Central Park where there's a DJ that comes. They set up. They plays. They play disco and house music, and it's like a roller skating, uh, a, sa a savage roller skating rink. Uh, Which is like the origins of house, right? Exactly. Like it was roller skating. Yeah, that's what Bravo explained to me that uh, the, that feel, that bounce, that yeah, that feeling when we we dance house came from the the roller skating rinks. Um, but so on our way there, we were you know like you know you're in Central Park, you're walking around and just down an alley, and there's a bunch of people walking around, and he just like took his bag and threw it on the floor and he said, okay, let's go. And he looked at me, he was, let's, let's go. I was like, what do you mean, let's go? And he just started dancing. And he was like, okay, follow me. Like, you know, when I, I do the classes, I do a move and I tell you guys to follow what I'm doing. And yeah. so I was doing that with him, but outside, broad daylight in front of everyone with no music. <laughs> <laughs> These stories um, remind me of uh, Karate Kid. Uh, like wax on wax off like, yeah like putting you through just mini challenges yeah and having you have to overcome uh one the technique techniques of it mm -hmm. two the the like public humiliation possible aspects of it like all these mental games you're playing in your head yeah yeah that that's the mentor we all want <laughs> yeah, somebody just real. a little crazy yeah that you're yeah. like wondering like is this <laughs> really what needs to happen yeah, well, if you can check out this documentary, Check Your Body at the Door. Uh, first of all, it's great, but Bravo is one of the characters that they follow for a long time in the beginning. And you'll, when I say he's crazy, he's, he's crazy in a fun way, in the best way, you'll understand what I'm saying. Because like, in the documentary, you can see it. And he says, you know, in New York, in the, in the streets, like you have a flow of people like on the sidewalk, people would all walk down and on the other side, they woke up, right? Mm -hmm. And he would pick, he would pick the, 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 the side of the sidewalk where people walk in, in towards a, them. In a tow, yeah, basically he would uh, walk counter, uh, countering the current basically, right? Mm -hmm. And so his exercise would be that, like just dance his way through the crowd, <laughs> right? And I remember at some point I started doing this 
uh, and that was the best that that was the best i should i should get back to it because i really didn't care at that point like I, i had been around him for so long that i did not care what people thought wow and i was just like having the best time by myself in the street walking around um and yeah like making my way through like huge crowds yeah dancing looking crazy but it was really fun <laughs> yeah 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 that seems like a master class at that point because like you like you're not only balancing the aspects of groove and technique and like uh free flow and the chaos of the people but like you also are like having to um like i said like just overcome like these conversations of judgment that we're like constantly facing all the time um on that topic like i feel like uh you know i i've gotten to dance for some time as well and I've gotten over, I had to overcome those same obstacles of dance, like being able to like dance publicly and be myself. And it's been so long that I forget what it feels like to feel constrained, uh, especially like in, in, in any type of space, really. Like if I'm in public spaces, I can I can stand in line, uh, like waiting for food and just be tutting. Like I, I just have become so accustomed to like being in my body in that way. And I know like a lot of people, uh, they can they can catch a ball, they can run and they can catch, they can uh, weight lift like crazy. And then as soon as there's like a certain element of expression involved, they get really nervous. And um, it's actually funny because I was teaching my patient footwork drills, right? Uh, because they, uh, my patient, they're they're elderly and they with people that uh, grow old, they tend to lose their balance. And that's a big reason why life expectancy can be shortened is if somebody falls. Yeah. So I teach a lot of elders footwork, like, and I'll teach them certain moves and they're totally fine with it. Tap here, tap there, tap here, tap there. And I'll start teaching them like pas de beret. And as soon as we do a pas de beret, I don't know what about it. They go, is this dance? Like, and I don't know like when it became from a coordination drill yeah. to a dance concept and some of them all of a sudden loosen up and some of them tighten up. As soon as the, the experience becomes an expressive one where they have like an opportunity to maybe manipulate yeah. the, um, the way they express themselves and there's like a certain level of vulnerability. I notice uh, some people, they, they get really nervous in those fields. And, uh, you know, I've, I've been saying dance can save the world. Like I say it all the times because of just how much it's brought light into my life and how much I don't need words sometimes to communicate with people. Like if I'm traveling and the person doesn't speak the same language as me, but we dance, we can dance. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm wondering like for the, for the people that sometimes feel like still trapped in that patterning or that body uh, uh, or, or that experience where they feel constrained, when they hear music, how do you uh, like suggest somebody navigate that conversation? Because you get to teach dance as well. Like, what are what are some of the things that you've learned in your process? And maybe something that somebody who like is listening to this that feels constrained can start to like envelop, so they can start experiencing their body fully. Hmm. That's a good question. Huh. Well, the first thing is don't judge it. Do not judge yourself. Because, like, if dancing is something that you're not comfortable doing and you start doing it, it's not going to feel good right away. So you just need to push through. Keep doing it. Keep doing it, and you don't need to look. There's no such thing as a perfect move. It's just a move. If it feels good, then it feels good. Um, yeah, I feel like judgment is really what stops us from <laughs> that stops us from, yeah, really ex being able to express and feel in our body and get out of your mind and get in your body. Because sometimes we're trying to over intellectualize movement. Um, And I would say, yeah, play music and first get acquainted with your body. So like maybe do some shoulder rolls, like see in which direction they can go. 
up and down, front, back, rolling them. Um, same with your arms, you can do lines going different ways, up, down. If you want, if you, if you're into mathematics or geometry, you can start making angles with your hands. Whatever, whatever flows through your boat when it's about creativity, like just explore. And again, without judging, because like, if you're really just starting it, you don't know. So the only way to know is to try stuff. Um, but when it comes to house, for me, I always say. It was one of my cre my crewmate uh, Shango. He he said one day, a "House is fancy walking," and I thought that was the best the best description of it. Like put music around, uh, put music and just walk around, walk front, walk back, go uh, walk walk front, back, go to the side, change directions, um, and just get comfortable doing that just walking it doesn't need to look like anything it just needs to feel good to you and 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 try to connect with the music as well because dance is that dance is movement in a rhythm so if you have music your movement your movement should try to match the music to the best extent as possible and knowing that there are different rhythms you can go fast you can go slow and there's really no rules like it's your practice yeah i like what you said about um the first step is like not judging yourself because yeah. i feel like um that's one of the hardest things first at least me to do and i imagine for many others is to not judge yourself in a process of expression. Yeah. And um, it's interesting because it, 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 a question that got brought up in my head was, what would you move like if you didn't judge yourself? Like, you know, like, let's just go home. Yeah. You know, like, nobody's even watching. So you know nobody's watching, but who's watching? Yourself. Yeah. And even still, at times, like, I can find myself holding back when nobody's watching because mm -mm -mm. I'm the one that's like... Yeah. stopping myself from being as free as I can. And so that, that question of how would you move if you didn't judge yourself, uh, I think could open some doors. Um, I, I've gotten to teach dance as well. And whenever I, I've uh, tried to help people overcome the, the experience of freestyle, uh, I got to teach at a ballet school. So I was teaching uh, um, not ballet, hip hop. So they hired me as their first hip hop instructor, and all these uh, uh, young girls are learning, you know, jazz, uh, tap, uh, all this, and everything is very technique oriented, like yeah. so deeply. And I didn't know how to count music at the time, so I didn't say one and two and three. I said bum bum hit, yeah, you know, just like that's yeah, how I, I would still move do that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the best because, like, yeah. especially uh, it's fun when you say it and then we repeat it. Mm -hmm. uh, that's always fun because then you almost get like a an energy to the dance too like yeah. if, if you hear like bum bum hit then you're like yeah. oh, okay this move i have to yeah. there's a different energy than the bum bums because it's Thanks. a different sound so anyway so that's how i was doing it and i saw a lot of the people there were being really um nervous and also they uh felt overwhelmed by how new the experience was yeah and so uh, what I used to do was I would make the class very much like ballet in the beginning where it was super technical and we started dissolving the barrier slowly. And by the end of the class, we would touch a freestyle. But in the beginning, we actually practiced um, like with a lot of technique at the forefront. So hypothetically, it would be like left arm out, right arm out, left arm out, right arm out. And then I would slowly give one option. I was like, you know what? You guys, can, you can do left arm out, right arm out, but you don't have to keep alternating. You, you can choose when you alternate yeah. and just slowly like dissolving it until then where it's like, you don't actually have to put your left arm out. Let's, let's make it your foot. Yeah. And then one, by the end of the class, the barriers were dissolved enough that the person uh, didn't feel like it was a jump into cold water, but that they got to ease themselves in and um, experience what like maybe some of this freestyle work can look like. You know, I want to bounce on what you said. You said you choose, choose when to do what you're going to do. And often that's what it is. It's like 
people are really comfortable when someone tells them what to do. And freestyle is scary because it's your choice. You have to take action and you don't necessarily know what you're gonna do and you're scared of what people are gonna say. And so the judgment that we have, I feel like to really let go of it, you have to understand that this judgment is like, it's just like you're trying to protect yourself because when you're a kid and you're different, when you do something different, then you have a group of uh, another group of little kid that's gonna look that's gonna look at you and point fingers and make fun of you, right? And that's mm -hmm. what that's what we all want to avoid. We don't want to be out of the group or to look different. It's scary because then you you open yourself up to be yeah like uh, for people to make fun of you and to be like the weirdo of the group. But if you break through, you're actually, you're actually like, it's, it's super brave. So you actually become the cool one in the group instead of the weirdo. Um, so yeah, that's what, that, that's what you brought. Uh, that's what came to me when you say that the thing about uh, choosing. choosing. Yeah. Yeah, and I like what you said about um, how sometimes when you step into that space of like being outside of the group, you can feel othered. I feel like some of that is m even deeper than uh, like our childhood. It's like instinctual. Yeah. Like we want to be part of our tribe. That's true. You know, and you don't like uh, like humans being social animals. You don't want to uh, be abandoned by your tribe. So you 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 to an extent want to conform. And so, like, I, I, I can see the benefits of all those things, you know, like being able to it, it also is what lets you like, I don't know, be a law abiding citizen. You're like, I don't want to, like, be so far out there. I want to be involved in the in society. So, um, yeah, I, I can see how, like, some of those factors are also in play here. Um, yeah. With regards to those terms, though, uh, like freestyling, choreography, um, I, whenever I think of house dance, one of the things that I think of is, so I think of the freestyle element, right? Yeah. The other thing is like, I try to think of what are the basics in any, in any, in any practice, right? Like if I'm yeah. learning martial arts, if I'm learning whatever, I'm always trying to think of like, what uh, could I practice that would completely change that's, that thing for me? And I feel like one of the things in house, uh, like there's sure there's an aspect of coordination, but a big thing is uh, grooving. Yeah. And uh, the one of my mentors, uh, I think uh, I think it was Ron Jules. He was one of the presidents of Ram Squad, one of the clubs I was involved in. He would say the phrase uh, "groove before the move," right? So like, how do you learn? You learn the groove before the move. Yeah. And um, like, uh, I guess like I find it sometimes hard to articulate what groove is. Uh, I listen to Paradox. Do you know who Paradox is? Yeah. The dancer, yeah. So he has a YouTube series on the term groove. And he talks about like some of the history of it, like how jazz, it comes from jazz, where like the the drummer, every time he hit the bass, yeah. the bass player would also play the bass note at the same time so that it wasn't such a hard boom, but it would be a boom. Mm. And so it was the elongation oh, of wow. a moment. And that's where the, like, the groove is the moments, the, the elongation of moments or the in-between rhythms. Okay. Um, and so I, I really loved that definition. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, that's I know, cool. right? It, it, it was a great way for me to like try and wrap my head around it. And then uh, I know um, Brian Green, he, when he taught some workshops, they were all groove-based. Mm. Um, you know, like, and whenever we think of somebody in the groove, like, uh, we almost, uh, like, uh, to bring it to like, maybe like uh, a boxer, like, well, if we even see like a boxer who's in their groove, yeah. we see them like, like one with the moment in their element, maybe in the zone. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, and then when we think of groove, we say somebody who's one with the music. I asked my friend, uh, Jake Ruth, he's a, a jazz guitarist. I said, what do you think of groove? And he goes, he goes, it's like being in the pocket. It's like you're in the perfect moment at the perfect time. Yeah. Um, like, how did you get the chance to learn that aspect of dance? Because I think everybody recognizes somebody who can groove. Like, whether they're doing fancy moves or not, as soon as they see a groove, they go, oh, shit, this guy can dance. Yeah. 
to me grooving and being in the pocket is a little different because like to me when I'm in the pocket it's like when I've been dancing for long enough that that specific night for example and like I'm in it I'm in it in the sense that I'm not thinking anymore nothing hurts anymore I barely feel my body it's like it's not even me doing things anymore it's just like something happens and my body just does stuff and it feels really good and and time goes super quickly um, but the groove I don't know when I feel groove you know, it's like the first thing you know the music the music starts playing and your head moves you're catching the groove of the music right and so that's a, actually the groove before you move is actually a great sentence because a move and grooving is different. You can do a bunch of moves and have no groove. But if you're groovy and you don't have a lot of, a, a lot of moves, you're going to look good. Yeah. Right? <laughs> for sure. For sure. <laughs> like an images pop up right in my head. I, like yeah. We've all seen those dancers, the ones that aren't doing anything crazy yeah but they look so good <laughs> they look so good <laughs> <laughs> so yeah like groove is it's hard it, honestly it's it's not easy to 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 put in words um but yeah it's whatever your body does naturally when hearing the music and i feel like your groove tells a lot about who you are because if you can groove easily and like, you know, when people, when you look at a dancer and you're like, wow, this guy is groovy. It's a lot of freedom because you don't, that person doesn't really mind being seen doing that. And they don't care what people might say. But if you don't, like if you struggle, if you struggle grooving to a certain music, it's just that you have some walls that you need to break down. It's like another aspect that you can see, like in your level of like freedom. Are you comfortable raising your arms when you're dancing? So many people dance and like they keep their arms close to them, like it's like it makes you feel safe, you know, like yeah. you cross your arms or you just keep them really close to you, but. If you're able to start spreading your arms and going up and stuff, like I see someone in the club doing this, I'm like, ooh, this guy, this guy is free right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know where to go with the groove situation because with without the video, I wouldn't be able to like, you know, like people, it's gonna be hard for me to really convey what I, I, I think about groove without showing it physically to people. Um, one thing is sure, like for me, I'd rather have groove than moves. Like I start with the grooves and then I learn the technique. If you can groove, you can dance. If you can do some moves, you're just good at learning and doing something that you saw from someone else, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does, it does. And it's one of those things that like, um like you said, uh, uh, visually, like even though, like you said, there's no, there's no, there's not much video happening right now. Maybe like I took a couple of small clips, but um, like I think right away, people have images flying in their head when we talk about those people that they're not doing fancy moves, yeah. but you know, but you can just like right away catch their energy. I think uh, so. I was I was saying like you know when I think of house, I think of that freedom. I think of the groove. I think of the footwork. Another thing that I think of is just love. Like it's all—it's all love yeah. when it comes to the house community. Um, how does that differ from like uh, like other other like hip hop genres, right? Because uh, like um, when when uh, when there's other styles of hip hop like breaking or uh, crumping. Uh, like I mean, th those are definitely the more aggressive styles. But yeah, there's just—it's a t completely different energy. Um, these two are like highly focused on uh, like an egoistic expression of how good am I, uh, like what what makes me the best dancer in the room, yeah. and uh, with house it's just a totally different energy. It's so 
playful and it's so uh like even when people battle in house battles like yeah. it's funny because both people will start dancing randomly yeah yeah well it comes from the history of the dance i think uh well i don't know much about crumping about the history and where it comes from but like i know hip-hop well it comes from like tough environments like in breaking it comes from um you know gangs instead of fighting physically and shooting at each other they would start dancing to stop the violence right which is beautiful which is amazing yeah but it still has a confrontational aspect like it's i'm better than you like i'm gonna smoke you like it still has an attitude of yeah confrontation and i'm tough and like I'm gonna fuck you up basically that's that's like literally what they do in the movements like it's like I stab you like I use a, a, a bow and an arrow uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna kick you and give you a, a good knee <laughs> uh, that's a part of the dance which is okay like I mean if you can express your violence like this instead of really actually fighting that's a good thing but uh, house comes from gay clubs totally and different world yeah <laughs> like in the check your body at the door documentary they talk about that like a lot of uh dancers that made house dance what it is came from the hip-hop world a lot of guys from dance fusion like shanice and tony mcgregor's were b-boys and popping they came from hip-hop and eventually they got tired to go to parties where it would end up in shootouts or fights and they say okay we're gonna go to the gay club it's safe over there like there's good music it's safe it's good vibes it's like all these gay peoples that you know felt marginalized and so that was their safe space and i guess like you know they all shared that same feeling so yeah it's all about love love yourself love each other uh even in this in the songs like house music they always say oh yeah white black puerto rican gays it doesn't matter we're all under the same house and so that's what house is we're all under the same house enjoying the same music and dancing to the same beat that's all that matters and most of these people like they would see each other like to every party during the week but they don't know their name like each other's names they just know each other from the party mm -hmm. it's like underground their underground life during the day they would go work and be maybe a lawyer or a doctor or whatever they do and at night they just go and be themselves in the club yeah you know for me um i already know like um like i know the beauty of the the stories of um the origins of house with it being like gay black people coming together that felt marginalized and creating expressions uh, within this community um Uh, like, I'm wondering, uh, well, well, the first thing I want to say, actually, is I think one thing that surprised me that, that was so beautiful was to hear that alcohol was not a big part of these parties, like, which you just think of party and common uh, culture today. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I like to say it's, it's actually not a big part of all, uh, other clubs that I go to, too. Like when I go to Latin clubs or I go Zouk dancing, like these venues nobody's really that interested in alcohol. They're mostly interested in the, the ecstasy experience of moving their body in a free yeah. way. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, what, what are your thoughts on that? Like not, not having a, a drug-induced state be the only avenue of freedom in your body? Well, one thing in the house is that it can get pretty acrobatic and you need uh, a lot of cardio. <laughs> uh, and if you're drunk you're not gonna be effective you're not gonna be as sharp on your steps it's not a good look uh, I mean you can have maybe one drink maybe two but then you're gonna look really sloppy you're probably not gonna feel so good and most of the dancers that really take that seriously like you know your body is your temple you need to take care of it so alcohol is probably not the best thing for you um but um yeah 
that's what Bravo used to tell me about those parties, uh, about Paradise Garage and these places like that, that there was no alcohol. Uh, they would just br- they, there was no alcohol and they would just bring like huge bowls full of fruits. So it was water, fruit juice, fruits. Some LSD. Some LSD. As <laughs> <laughs> they talk about some LSD in the punch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I don't think alcohol was a big thing. I'm, uh, but eventually they were they were saying that at some point I don't know what year it was, but eventually they just cracked down on clubs and they just started rearranging the clubs in a different way, in which it was push it would push people to consume more alcohol. So the clubs went from huge places with a, gr- a huge uh, dance floor to like more narrow spaces with play, uh, sofas and things in the way to break the space so people would have to sit or there wouldn't be enough space to really dance and get it in, right? And more or like a setup that would orient people more to go f- to the bar basically um and yeah they're like you can tell you you can really tell like i remember in france like there's a club in my in my in my hometown that plays really good house music but the setup is horrible like there's no space nobody can dance in there it's just like it's really it, they push people to drink alcohol Um, which is kind of sad, but also I understand from a business perspective like that you would want to sell stuff. But maybe we need to we need to do a club, and instead of selling alcohol, we like do juices and smoothies. Yeah, that'd yeah. be cool. <laughs> like I'd do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That uh, actually made me so sad the way you just said about how clubs are like orienting their uh, facilities in such a way that it might it might yeah. not be their goal to minimize movement but it can happen in the pursuit of wanting people to consume more exactly alcohol. yeah wow and if you go to Chelsea Music Hall like Funkbox it's not like that it's a huge dance floor it's super dope the crown in Baltimore is not like that no it's huge not huge dance floor oh that's yeah. dope it's sick man yeah nice. I can't wait to take you at least uh, I mean I don't know much about it I was only there once but that was the first thing I noticed I was like there's a lot of space here and like yeah. a nice like bar on the side, but it's not the space. Yeah. Um, okay. The, the last question uh, that I want to ask is what's all this confusion about EDM and house? Oh, that's a good question. Cause like I, well, every yeah. time I tell people I, I dance house, they go EDM. And I <laughs> saw this guy's shirt while I was at the house club in Amsterdam. It said, we love freestyle disco house edm mm. progress and then I, the last one was progress mm. and i think it what, what i got out of the shirt was like how each one was the evolution of the next yeah. and there was progress so like yeah I, i i don't know much of the history and i don't want you to comment on it if you don't know much about it yeah no i i honestly don't know much about it but that's something that came like same for me because like I'm obsessed with house music I listen to house music every day and when I it comes up in conversation people also bring EDM and so I, I guess the confusion is just they think house it's electronic music and EDM is electronic dance music that's what it means so I guess that's how they make the confusion it sounds right yeah <laughs> yeah. I, like when people say exactly the word you say I go I guess house is EDM Yeah, because in some way that it, it is electronic and it is a music that you dance to, so that would work. But like when you listen to specific, like you go looking for EDM music, it's not house. Yeah. Right. 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 So it's yeah, it's a confusing term. Well, maybe I'll get the chance to do some more research on it and in, in mm. another episode, uh, dive down that rabbit hole of like dance genres and how they formed and the the history behind them. But. Yeah. Uh, Alex, I'm so grateful to have you on, man. This was awesome. I think, you know, uh, when it comes to dance, like I was saying, so many of us feel like uh, we don't get the chance to either A, find spaces that have this freedom you're talking about, or B, even create it within our own body. Yeah. And, um, you know, like w- w- one of the other episodes on this podcast, somebody brought up like how even like entire 
uh, like, like people will say like an entire race cannot dance. Like people make the joke, white people can't dance. Yeah. But like how sad to like condemn an entire race to a stereotype where they like, like, cause, cause you know, language is so powerful and I'll, yeah. like some people, they'll really stand by it. Like I'll ask my friend, like, Hey, you want to dance? And they go, I can't dance. I'm white. And I go, Oh my God, man. Like, Says who? Yeah. Yeah. Please don't ever say that again. Like, don't curse like, yourself like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Would you say don't curse yourself like that? Yeah. That, that exactly. And so, um, yeah, I'm, I guess all in all, I'm just saying, I hope this gives people a chance, a space. Like it's not even about, uh, the idea of like dancing house, but just yeah. the, the pursuit of being in your body and expression that like, hopefully this conversation assists some people in it. Uh, I know you're up to some things. You're teaching classes right now. Yep. Um, you're teaching house class, which I go to as, as every time I can. Every <laughs> time I'm in the area, I'm there. Uh, so I know that's Mondays, 745, 7.15 at St. Luke's. Yep. Do you have an Instagram that people can follow? Yes, I do have an Instagram. So you can follow me on uh, the Instagram is alex.beasley. So Alex, the way it, it sounds, dot b-e-a-s-l-a-y yeah and we'll have that in the yeah. description yeah cool and then um <laughs> the last thing is um uh, you've been talking to me about how you're a health coach you're getting yes. the chance to really dive down those paths and, and before that you also teach privates and dance as well I so do. there's the yeah yeah there's the group environment but if somebody wants maybe more one-on-one attention on how to get in their body you mm-hmm, show some mm-hmm. of that too yeah yeah, so yeah, um, so I'm a certified health and life coach. And so basically I, I help people reduce their stress levels and get healthy. And so I do that through habit change because like 40 to 45% of every action that we do in a given day is just habits. So if you identify your negative habits and you can switch them for more positive habits and can have like such a huge impact on you, whether it be on your mental health and your physical health, because everything is connected. And so I use, um, I coach people through that, like the, the habit change as well as uh, artistic movement. So helping people get in their bodies and be able to use movement as an outlet to, you know, process and um, express their emotions. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, before we started the podcast, I said, like, we need artists at the forefront of this conversation of how to get in your body yeah. and reduce stress. And what better than somebody who's navigated the conversations of dance so deeply like yourself? Uh, I really feel like um, uh, getting the chance to sit down with a master. And I feel so grateful to have you here, Alex. Um, yeah. Thank you. But let's keep it going. I'll be at house classes for anybody who comes by. Let's get and, it. Yeah, let's get it. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, thank you guys for tuning in for Movement with Noor. Yeah, thank you for having me. <laughs> cool. Uh, cheers. <laughs>